Well, it is so good to be here. Amen. Amen as well. It is always a blessing and a privilege to um, be given the great honor to speak in this podium and this pulpit because this is home. And it's always wonderful to um, have that opportunity. And so I do not take it lightly. And I would like to share with you what's been on my heart, if that's okay. Um, we are in a crazy time in the world. Amen. A whole lot's happening. If COVID didn't teach us that things can happen quickly, I think everything else that's happening now certainly has and does. And if I go through everyone in this room, I am sure I could say each of you are going through some kind of something. Um, myself absolutely included, thank you. Um, if not waiting for word on my husband's paperwork, this week, Isla and I have been sick under the weather, so I thank you for our, those prayers. For us, I've been home all week with her, um, which is nice, except that she's been sick, so it's not nice. Um, but everybody here is going through one thing or another. And we've heard um, Sister Shostran and Pastor both say before, if you're not going into a trial, you're coming out of one, and if you're not coming out of one, you're going into one or you're in the midst of one, amen. So there's this ongoing cycle of going in, coming out, all of those things. And I got to thinking about, okay, well, how do we get through that? How do we get through that process? And the holidays are a very stressful time for a lot of people. I will say, for me and my work, it's been an extra stressful time because things are happening all at once and everybody's got to try to meet the deadline, which is... Winter break, Christmas break. We got to try to beat that timeline, right? So things are crazy. And if it wasn't for that, we've got holiday shopping, all of these wonderful things. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm sure for a lot of people, it's like, it's also the most crazy time of the year. Amen. And if you're like me, you always tend to run into the drivers who are like are a Grinch on the road. And you're like, you need some extra Christmas spirit right now. Play some holly jolly in your car. Because you cutting me off was not the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> right? That's just me. Y'all don't have those issues. That's wonderful. I'm so happy for you. But how do we get through and how do we overcome? And, of course, we know that we are growing our apostolic legacy, which means we're continuing on in what we've got. We're building on the foundations and not just staying there but continuing from that point. And so this question of how to get through. You ever feel like you're in a jungle, cutting through the vines and wading through the swamps and facing the dangerous animals of what you're going through in your day-to-day? -day? Yes? No? Whether you're facing trouble at work or your own health issues or one thing after another, it seems sometimes like you're battling, you're going uphill, right? Right? And so I got to thinking about those people who actually did battle uphill. And believe it or not, there is a whole idea of what personality traits go into making someone an explorer or having an achieving personality. That sounds nice, doesn't it? You know those people that you're just like, you did Everest how many times? That's not my goal. One time is not my goal right? But you're wanting to hit Everest and climb all of the other mountains. How wonderful for you. 
I'm so happy for you, right? But these types of people, there's focus, and they have preparedness, and a sense of conviction, and perseverance. There's creativity, and curiosity, and they're resilient, and they are willing to take risks, and they're independent, and they have a higher, a sense of a higher purpose. Now, I'll be honest with you. I could preach a sermon about all of those things, and say, look, this is how we can achieve an amazing relationship with God, right? But that's a long sermon. We're not going to do that to you this morning. Amen? So we're going to limit it to three. The three G's of how to get through. Because as a psych, you remember things best in sets of three to five. Right? So we're going to stick with three. The three G's of how to get through. And the first one that we pulled out is gratitude. And I'll be honest, to me, I think this is the hardest one. And you say, well, Sister Kaylin, that's not hard. We've got a thankfulness group going with some of the high-life young women, and every day they drop in something that they're thankful for. And so it's not hard to be, you know, to say what you're thankful for in the day. Surely. It is, actually. It's very hard when you get bad news to say, I'm thankful, Lord, for this news. It's very hard when things don't turn out the way you think they should in the time you think they should to say, Lord, I want to worship and praise you. You're so good. It's very hard when the boss calls you to the carpet and lets you have it to be like, thank you for your input. I appreciate it. And to be sincere about it and not come across as a smart aleck. Amen. It's very difficult to have gratitude. And yet gratitude is a state of of being. It's a state of mind. It's not just I'm thankful in the moment, but it's how I live my life on the daily. And these are, these are, this is not me. This is not me just pulling out something. This is research-based things that the world says are the benefits of gratitude and improved mental health, improved physical health, having stronger social bonds, a sense of resilience. All of that, you say, that comes from being grateful. Yes. Yes, it does. You say, well, what's the difference between being grateful and being thankful? Well, thankfulness is typically for the moment. Like, oh, you did something for me. Thank you. Wasn't that nice? Thank you. But being grateful says, you know what? That person that did something for me, I'm so thankful they're in my life. Whether they do something for me or not, their presence in my life is a blessing. And I acknowledge that blessing. I'm thankful. I'm grateful for that blessing. And we do have a typo here, and that's partly why I brought my Bible up. But it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, not chapter 2. But it says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And in the Amplified, it says, Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. You say, what are you saying? Are you saying that when I get a diagnosis of cancer, I'm supposed to say thank you? Well, he didn't exclude it. You mean when I lose my job, I'm supposed to say thank you? He didn't say not to. You mean when I didn't get the job I was hoping for, I'm supposed to say thank you? Yeah. 
And I don't see Sister Leslie here today, but she came to us a, a week or so ago and was like, my, my nephew is in dire straits. He's got an issue going on with his lung. We need to pray right now. And as we started praying, we had a group of people in the prayer room, and as they started praying, we started saying, thank you, God, that this is an opportunity for you to show yourself strong. Thank you that this is another opportunity for you to work a miracle. Thank you that this is another opportunity for you to silence the voices of physicians and doubt and fear. Thank you, Lord, that we can come boldly into your throne. And you know what? It was amazing. The more we started thanking and the more we started praising, the more the Holy Ghost started moving and stirring and the power started falling. And let me give you a praise report. That night... We claimed it. We named it and we claimed it like Sister Sheena had preached. And we said, you know what? We're, we're claiming authority over this. We're gonna, it's not going to have an issue. It's not going to have a problem. Within a week, I believe, we got word that not only had the situation stopped, but it had resolved itself. You say, well, could that have happened anyway? You know what? Whether it could, whether it couldn't have. We took authority entered his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and the Lord responded. I heard a wonderful story from Sister Nona Freeman. I'm sure all of you know who she is, but when she and her husband were in Africa, he was in a very bad accident and the doctors came to her and said, I'm so sorry, we're likely going to have to amputate his arm. And before she even got back to him, got, um, you know, where the doctor could talk to her. She said, I felt the Lord say, just thank me. Whatever comes out of your mouth, I want you to thank me. Let it be Thanksgiving. And so at the beginning, before it was even then, it was, we're not sure if he's going to make it. And she said, thank you, Jesus. I'm not sure you heard me, Mrs. Freeman. Your husband might, okay, he might not live. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, well, we're going to go back into surgery. Thank you, Jesus. The doctor comes back out. All right, he's going to lose his arm. There's no way we can save his arm. Thank you, Jesus. Hello? Your husband is going to lose his arm. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, well, we'll go back into surgery. We'll see what we can do. You know what, Sister Freeman? I don't understand it, but not only is your husband doing well, his arm is fine. He's going to have it. He's going to be able to use it. Thank you, Jesus. And so we see this concept of gratitude and thanksgiving. It goes beyond just the circumstance. But every day I have the opportunity to wake up and say, you know what? I'm so thankful that you lived. I'm so thankful that you died on a cross. And I'm so thankful that you rose again so that I could be in relationship with you. I'm so thankful that you gave me the Holy Ghost so that when the world says you should be afraid about what's happening, that I can pump the brakes and say, you know what? Perfect love, God's love perfected in me casts out fear. I'm so thankful for that. So this whole idea of gratitude and once, you know, and, and research says, okay, well, you can do a gratitude journal and do it once a week because you don't want to oversaturate because it can be discouraging when you wake up in the morning and you can't figure out something to be thankful for. Well, you know what? I'm so thankful every day that everything, the hardest work that could be done has already been done. Jesus has already paved the way for salvation. He's already paved the way for me. All I have to do is reach out and receive what he's given me. The hard part's done. And you know how I know that? Because in Revelation, when it says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, 
the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives of the death. The blood of the lamb, that big thing, is already done. It's already taken care of. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that this world is not my home. I'm so grateful for it. That on my worst day with God is better than my best day without him. And this is what's so powerful. And, and I know in, it's the season where we can all get sidetracked on the stuff. And, and I know we don't do that here because we're, we love Jesus and all of that. But it is, there are people that we work with. It's very easy to do. And Paul addressed that. And when he said in Philippians, not that I'm implying that I was in any personal want. Now, that's amazing coming from a man who's been shipwrecked, who's been beaten, who's been imprisoned all unjustly, who's been bit by snakes, going through the list, right? But notice, I have learned how to be content. Paul didn't just receive the Holy Ghost and say, okay, now I'm content. He learned it. It was part of exercising his salvation, Working it out with the Lord. Going to the gym with Jesus, if you will. He said, I've learned to be content, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I'm in. I know how to be abased and live humbly in straightened circumstances. And I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having sufficiency and enough to spare or going without and being in want. You say, well, what is that secret, Paul? The secret is I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything. I'm equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. What's that mean? I have enough and I am enough because he is enough. You know how wonderful that is? Do you know how much pressure gets off of us when we realize that what our source is isn't us but him? I work in the public school setting and you would be amazed and disheartened, I'm afraid, by the, the number and increase of little kids, I'm talking elementary age, who are struggling with anxiety, depression, mental health stuff. You say, what's going on with all of that? Why is that happening? Well, I think the hour in which we live put that pressure of you've got to perform, you've got to meet the grade, you've got to hit the mark, you've got to... What are you doing? Why can't you get this concept? Why don't you understand? There's this, that, and the other, and there's social pressure, and there's emotional Right? And it's so much, and yet when we say, you know what? I'm flawed, and this is the thing. This verse isn't talking about, oh, look how good I am. I'm bad to the bone. No. Paul was saying, look, I recognize I'm flawed. I'm recognized sometimes my circumstance is awful and it's not ideal and it's not the best thing and it's not something that I want anybody else to go through. 
But you know what? It's all good as far as I'm concerned because I'm leaning not on me. I'm not leaning on my circumstance. I'm not leaning on anything but the Lord. And he's enough. He can handle my weight and the weight of everything else. Cast your cares on him for he cares for you. It's such a powerful concept. And so once we are able to relinquish that and say, you know what? I can just be thankful. I'm thankful that I don't have to carry this burden. God, you can. I'm going to do my best because you know what he also said? Whatever you do in word or deed, do is unto the Lord. And so I want to make sure I'm doing my best. Right? But recognizing, you know what? I'm flawed. I'm not perfect. But you know, I'm thankful I'm not relying on me. I would disappoint myself every day. I do disappoint myself every day. And I have to remind myself, you know what? You gotta, you're, who are you relying on right now? When the baby's sick and coughing and it's that barking seal cough, then you're just like, oh, Jesus, help us. And there's nothing I can give her. There's nothing I can do but hold her. I can't tell her, honey, you just have a cold. If you would just blow your nose, it would help you. Right? But no, she's going to fight me whenever I try to help her get her congestion out. And I can't say, honey, just cough and spit that out. You'll do better. All I can do is hold her and comfort her and do what I can. And yet what I feel as a mother is, how is that enough? How is me being there enough? And then I turn to the Lord and I say, look, this is all I got. Can you do anything with it? And I feel him sweep in and say, I got you. You plus me is more than enough. You by yourself is not. But when you yoke up with me, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's more than enough. Our next G is giving. And you say, okay, are you about to take up an offering? No, I'm not. We've taken up an offering. That's it. And I'm not just talking about financial giving, but giving of our time, giving of our energies, giving of our effort, giving of ourselves. And as an introvert, that's a big give because I like my little peace and quiet by myself, right? I feel like some of y'all are like, she's not introverted. I am. I am. Believe it or not, I am. But the benefits of giving, and again, this is not, this is research, greater self-esteem and satisfaction with life, lower risk of depression, better physical health, a longer life. And you say, well, Sister Caitlin, I've been practicing gratitude and all of that, and now what? I just feel, still feel dissatisfied. Okay, where can you give? Where can you plug in? Where can you be a part? Believe it or not, pastor is right when he says we have left-handed brooms and right-handed brooms. We have people who would benefit from, hey, I'm thinking about you, praying for you, love you today. It's really hard to be critical and criticizing and, and negative on people that I'm giving to. Right? And that includes myself because guess what? I have to give myself some mercy and grace. I have to forgive myself. 
And so when they're talking about giving and, and this concept of giving, and the reason why I say it's part of going through is because when I am in a situation and I'm thanking the Lord and I'm struggling and I'm, I'm hammering at it one day at a time, man, it's, it's a struggle. But if I can get off of me for a second and do something to bless somebody else, it's amazing what that does for me to help me get through where I am. Now, I'm not saying you should be here 24 hours a day and you should be giving all the time and don't burn yourself out. There's balance in all things, of course. But in Luke, he said, give and it shall be given to you good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that ye meet with all it shall be measured to you again. So he said, if you're willing to give, that's what you're willing to get. In Corinthians, he said, remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously with blessings. What are you talking about? And he goes on in, in those verses in Corinthians and he says, let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his heart not reluctantly or sorrowfully under, or under compulsion. He said, don't give because you're required to. Don't give because someone's forcing you to. Don't give because you feel guilt and shame. Oh, if I don't give, they're going to call me out, and I don't want to be called out, and everybody... Well, that doesn't sound like any kind of positive help me get through situation does it but no he says for god takes pleasure in prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or to do without that's so powerful say so what is he unwilling to abandon or do without a cheer cheerful joyous prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. You say, what does that mean? You know what? When I am able to with joy give to God, whether it is, as I've said before, in my time, in my energies, in my finances, in whatever, in my prayers, my fasting, whatever it is, I don't care. Whenever I'm saying, you know what, Lord? You've been so good to me. I'm so grateful for all that you've done. I want to give back to you in some kind. You know what? He says, I can't do without you. So when I'm in the midst of where I'm going through and I'm still thanking and I'm still praising and I'm still giving, he says, you know what? I'm going to make sure I keep you close to me. I can't do without you. I want you in relationship with me. I'm taking pleasure in you. I'm, I am prizing you above other things. I'm not going to abandon you. Even in the midst, absolutely, because I love how you are so willing to give. I love how you are so willing to extend a hand to me, praise and worship, and then to somebody else around you. I'm not willing to let you go because I cherish that. And you know what? That gets me through. Because I'm not limited anymore by, oh, I can only do whatever. But because I'm giving back, I'm able to say, you know what? I'm a part of something. I'm limping along, but I'm still on my way. You say, well, I'm, I'm dragging a foot behind me. That's all right. You're still moving. He's still got you. Amen?
And our last G, so we've got gratitude and giving. And I, as I said, I think gratitude's one of the hardest things because when my soul is busted up, it's hard to say thank you. Amen. It can be easy to give a, a kind word and all of that. Sometimes it's hard to give cheerfully. But grace, and this is so powerful because this is the thing that's freely given. The Bible defines it as unmerited favor or goodwill, loving kindness, that which affords joy and pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness. All of those things he describes as this is what grace is. And so when I go through, I'm going through something and I've, I've exercised gratitude and I've exercised giving, then it comes to that third point, which is grace. And grace is so essential because I have to be willing to receive it. And if I can't receive it, I can't give it. Right? And so notice in, in 2 Timothy, he says, For it is he who delivered and saved us and called us with a calling in itself holy and leading to holiness, to a life of consecration, a vocation of holiness. He did it, he being God, not because of any merit that we have done. I can't work myself into this grace. I can't give myself into this grace. I can't do enough to deserve this grace or to earn this grace. But because of and to further his own purpose and grace, that unmerited favor, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began eternal ages ago. And in Hebrews he says, So therefore let us fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. You say, how I get through with my gratitude and my giving is then I say, you know what, Lord, I need some grace. I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a struggle. I'm going through a difficult time. I'm going to work. I work, and it's a nine-hour day, and I come home, and I got the baby, and it's, we've got to feed her, and we've got to bathe her, and we've got to get her to bed, and it's single mom. Lord, I need some grace because then I got to, throughout the night, I'm feeding her as well, and we're nursing, and we're taking care, and, oh, I'm tired, Jesus, and I've got a lot going on at work, and it's just nonstop, and I need some grace. Because I realize I can't do this by myself. You can't do where you are, get through where you are by yourself. That's not a value statement. That's not saying, oh, Sister Kaylin, I'll show you. No, none of us can. We all need grace. He said, look, I want you to come so that you can receive it so that it will help you through where you are right on time. And let me tell you something about grace. And, and we as people, we tend to look at ourselves first. And I don't mean that in a good way, unfortunately. But it's usually, look what that person did to me. Right? I do it all the time when I'm on the road 
and I am trying to go the speed limit or five over, as is appropriate in my brain, right? The speed limit is actually with your like starting point for five miles over that number, okay? And so when I get behind somebody, and it always seems to happen this way, when I get behind somebody who's going just the speed limit or below, and I'm running late to work, maybe it's just me. It always seems to happen to me, though, right? And on those days where I'm like, Lord, you know, I just need you to clear the way, and he's like, and we're going to put somebody slow in front of you or a school bus. And I'm just like, thank you. Because it feels like a personal attack. <laughs> In that moment, it's like, are you deliberately going below the speed limit just to vex my soul? <laughs> right? That's just me. I probably shouldn't tell you all my faults and failures. <laughs> but you know what? It's amazing because inevitably I feel a little nudge and the Lord say, you don't know why I put them there. I'm like, you're right. I don't know why. You know, I could be keeping you from a wreck further up the road. I know. And you know how I know that? Because I've passed wrecks that have just happened that I have been slowed down that I haven't been in part of. You know, I could be having them slow down so you can operate in a little grace right now. I know. I don't want to. But I need to. <laughs> he said, look. I want you to receive from me so that you can give to somebody else. And the truth of the matter is, is those people who go below the speed limit, they're not doing it to personally vex my soul, although it may feel like that. But who knows? They might be carrying something that's very fragile and they're concerned, or they might be lost, or they might not know what's going on, or they might be dealing with their own issues. And But as a people, I tend to make it about me first, don't I? That's just me. Y'all don't do that. I do that. And so there have been times where I will, my boss will say something, and I'll, I'll have to go back to her and say, now, did you mean whatever? And she'll be like, no. Okay, good, because I just wanted to clarify so that I didn't interpret it wrong. Because I'm coming from my standpoint. And so Grace, though, says, you know what? You're not perfect either, Caitlin. You got to receive some of this grace. And you have said and done things that you did not intend for people to take certain ways. Because I've had teachers come to me and say, did you mean? And I'm like, no. I don't know where you got that. Here's what I said. Here's what I meant. They were the same thing. They weren't two different things. But we'll work through it. He said, you got to have that grace so that you can give that grace. Right? And he says, moving on, that in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, exercise foresight. Now notice this. And be on the watch to look after one another. To see that no one falls back from and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor and spiritual blessing, in order that no root of resentment, rancor, or bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment, and many become contaminated and defiled by it. He says, we're supposed to look out for each other. 
So when you're going through something and you say something that's a little snappy and that's a little ouch, instead of being like, I can't believe that they said that and that they did that and how rude are they and this is supposed to be Christmas and this is supposed to be a time of loving Jesus extra because we're supposed to be doing it every day and I thought they were a Christian and I'm a Christian and what are... We can say, you know what? I know they're going through it. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to ask the Lord can bless them. And I'm thankful that they're in my life, even though they stepped on my toes. Because we're all in this together. And I don't want to lose out on anybody. I don't want there to be any bitterness, any root in me. I don't want to be defiled by that. I don't want to be contaminated by that. If I'm going to get through, I'm going to get through with my team. Amen? And so this whole, this whole concept, and, and this is why leading up to grace, practicing that gratitude and practicing that giving is so important because it's very hard to be hard on each other and to be hard on me when I have been thankful for the people in my life, when I've been grateful, when I've been giving and I'm being a part and I'm connected and I'm involved. It's very easy to sit back and be like, well, let me show you your faults and flaws. It's a lot harder when I say, you know what? I'm a part of this faulty, flawed church. Y'all aren't. I am. I am the reason it's faulty, flawed. But it's a lot easier to be a part and connected and to extend that grace when I myself am willing to be a part and be connected. Amen. And I know that all of us do that, and this is preaching to the choir. And yet, Jesus himself, and, and what's so powerful about this is that he didn't limit it to just us in this whole process. But he said, this is so important for you to get because I want you to do it for your enemies as well. And, and this concept of grace, the same word grace that has been used in all of those verses is also found in Luke chapter 6 where he's talking about if you love those who love you, what thank? He actually uses the word thank there. What thank is it? And yet that is the same word, that thank word, is what grace is it? What grace do you have if you're friends with those who are friendly? What grace do you have if you are friends with those who do you right? What grace do you have if you are extending a hand to those who have extended their hand to you? And Jesus said, you know what? I want you to have such grace that even those, and especially those who do you wrong, are also receiving of grace. So the three G's of how to overcome, gratitude, giving, and grace. And if you are in a state today, and I'm closing so we can stand but if you're in a state today where you are feel like, man, I'm, I'm really going through it and I don't know what to do and I don't know how to handle it and I don't know, start your, your prayer and praise with thanksgiving. Start there. That's a great starting point. And you would be amazed at how the more you start thanking the Lord and acknowledging his role in your life and the more you focus on him, how the circumstance you're in just starts to fade away bit by bit until suddenly all you can see is you know what you have been so good to me every day I'm just thankful for you I'm thankful for a relationship with you you say well sister Caitlin I don't have a relationship with the Lord like that you can start cultivating it 
This is something that we learn. This is something that we grow and do. And once you start in that thankfulness and that gratitude, it's hard not to want to give when you've been given to. It's hard to be like, you know what, you've been so good to me, and that's where we're going to stop. But when somebody's been good to me, my husband makes me a cup of tea after I've had a long day. It makes me want to make him a cup of coffee. He makes better coffee than I do, but I try. You know, it makes me want to do a little something special from him. Because he was so kind to me, I want to be kind back to him. And while I'm being kind to him, you know what? I'm going to be kind to somebody else because that tea really hit the spot. It was so good. And you know what? I recognize that in the midst of all of that, when that person comes and says something, you know, they're having a rough day. What they need is a cup of tea. You say, is this all about tea? No, of course not. But the same thing applies for us when we are thankful to the Lord and we start giving back to him. It's so easy to say, you know what? Let me receive that grace. Let me receive that so I can give that. Let me receive that so I can extend it to somebody else. Do they deserve it? No, but neither do I. So I want to encourage you. If you need prayer today, we're going to open up this altar. Now is a great opportunity to receive that grace. To just take some time and visit with the Lord and say, I want to thank you. Thank you for opening doors that I haven't been able to see. Thank you for making ways where I couldn't make ways. Thank you for working while I couldn't see it. I'm so thankful. Let's come and portion.